0: Amen. Amen. Good evening. How you guys doing tonight? All right. That was really pathetic, actually. Let me try that again. How you guys doing tonight? All right. Slightly better. Jazzy. I'm glad you're here. What if we are doing? Uh, I mean, yeah. To each his own. That's whatever. It's fine. No. But hey, we're so glad you guys are here. If you guys are watching on YouTube, we wish you were here with us. We understand some of you guys can't be here. Uh, just know that we miss you. We miss seeing your faces. Um, We don't miss smelling some of you, but it's okay. We are so glad to be here. Tonight we're starting a new series uh, called He is Worthy of It All. And the whole point behind this is we're going to take a look at the idea of worship. Worship is a word that you hear in church all the time, right? I mean, how many of you guys have heard that word used in this wall here. You've probably heard it tonight. I think Hunter even referred to our our praise and worship as worship. And I think sometimes we get stuck in this bubble uh, of worship being this this time of music right before some guy stands up and really boringly speaks to us from God's word, right? How many of you guys, if you amen that, I will smack you. Um, But no, we are excited for this series because this whole point behind this series is to get a refreshed and renewed look at the idea of what worship is all about. If you guys have your Bibles, open up to the book of Psalms. Psalm uh, chapter number 40 is where we're going to be today. Uh, It's really the only spot we're going to be. So if you have your Bible app, go ahead and open it up. If not, if you have the book of Psalm memorized, um, I will have you stand up and recite it later. If you're that confident in yourself and your abilities, if you don't have the Bible app and you have a, a smartphone, um, I'm going to judge you because it's free. Uh, go ahead and download the YouVersion app so you always have God's Word with you. Um, there's a group of students and myself that are reading through the Bible uh, together. We're reading through the New Testament in 90 days through that app. Um, and so if you want to be a part of that, you can, we, I can send you the invite. See me before you leave. Um, and you can get caught up. We're about 30 some odd days in, so you're going to have to double up a little bit to get caught up. But not impossible. Uh, But we would love for you guys to have that so you can follow along with us. But tonight, as I said, we're starting this new series, this idea of worship. And I don't know about you guys, I love worship. I love worship music, Let let me specify. Some of my favorite memories in church and in ministry have revolved around worship. When I was in Alaska... Um, there we would do this event called Fusion Alaska, and it was a big statewide youth conference that we put on at our church. And we'd have churches from all over the state come to our facility, and we would just, we'd bring in bands and musicians and speakers from all over the place. Um, and a couple years ago, we brought the band Ren Collective up. Anybody know who Ren Collective is? Like one of the best Christian worship bands, like the music, the quality they put out, everything about them, the hearts for worship, the ministry that they do, everything about them, A+, plus. check them out. If you like Mumford & Sons, you'll love Ren Collective. Like, it's just kind of that realm of folk-style worship music. Amazing guys. And I remember there was a point in the, in the service, I had this student that I had been working with for years, and I had been praying for him that he would surrender to Jesus. And earlier that night, he finally surrendered his life to Christ. And it was like, like all these prayers had been answered. we have been working with this kid forever. And he came up to me and found me right before the concert uh, of Ren Collective and was like, hey, man, I just want to let you know I got saved during that last service. And like my heart broke and rejoiced, and like there were tears um, like in that moment. And I remember there was a moment in that concert where the chaos was going on. I was in charge, so like I'm put, making sure nothing's like being set on fire and I'd still have a job on Monday after the whole event, right? And, and I was busy. I was running all over the place. And there was a point in that concert where I wasn't even really paying attention to what was going on. I'm walking through the back of the auditorium to make sure that we're ready for the next thing that's coming up. And I just got stopped by the presence of God. And I, I couldn't even tell you what song they were singing But all I remember is just stopping at the back and just God telling me, stop and worship for a second. Stop and celebrate what has happened tonight. Stop and celebrate. And I remember just stopping in the back of this auditorium. It's similar to the size of the auditorium that we have uh, next door in the worship center. And I remember just stopping and just being by myself, surrounded by strangers, and just throwing my hands up and just... Thanking God for what He had accomplished that day through that student's life, and I think it's one of those highlights in ministry, and it absolutely like coincides with that moment of worship, that moment of surrender, that moment of saying, "God, like yes, thank you. I celebrate this right now." Have you ever got so lost in a worship set that you like you start to make faces? Anybody? Just me. All right. I'm the only stank face guy that, that, well, I want to show you guys a video, and this is actually a friend of mine, their son, actually, more than a friend, this student that um, was a student of mine when they were in middle school and I was a middle school pastor. So if you have no idea how old I am, that gives you a little bit of a glimpse into that because I now have students that were in my ministry that now have kids that have gone viral on YouTube. So um, let's go ahead and show that quick little video and just watch this little kid get lost in worship for a second. absolutely love that video. That, that little guy's name is Easton. And Easton, I don't know if you, you saw that in the video, like his hands are clenched. Like he's, like obviously he comes from a Christian background. Like he knows like, hey, this is praise and worship. Like this is like a prayer. And he's just like clenched there. And then I love the part of the video where he starts to like sing. First of all, do you notice that like he's like spot on with every lyric in the song? Like he knows that song. He's singing along. and And, and, he, and he just... Gets that point where he knows what he's saying. Like, he may not fully understand what he's saying, but he knows who he's singing to, and he knows the moment that what's going on, and he, and, he, and he just gets lost in that moment, and he makes that stank face. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's that. And then at the end, I love the part of the video at the end because, like, he finished singing, and he opens his eyes again, and he does this. Like, what's stopping us? from having that kind of a release when we're with God. I'm not just talking like during worship, like Patrick does a great job of leading us in praise and worship music, but just being like that when we're in the presence of God, where we have that that moment where we we recognize who God is and, and we just celebrate it. Because guys, listen, that's what worship is all about. In this series, I hope you walk away with just a clearer understanding about worship. Because it's not about the band, it's not about songs, it's not about just certain lyrics that are sung at certain times. It's so much more. If you were to define worship, um, and if I were to just kind of like have a spitball conversation with each of you, um, chances are, before we started this conversation most of us would have something along the lines of music or singing or praise, and you wouldn't be wrong, because that's an element of worship. But when you look up the word worship in the dictionary, the, it, here's the thing you need to understand. It's, all, it's a verb and a noun. As a verb, it means this, to honor or show reverence for as a divine being or supernatural power, or to regard with great or extravagant respect honor or devotion. To, to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor or devotion, that is what it means to worship God. to show respect, honor and devotion for Him. The noun is where like a lot of times like we, when we say, All right, we're going to worship, like we're going to a worship service or like this music is worship. Like, that's where you get that idea, and it's reverence offered a divine being or supernatural power, um, a form of religious practice with its creed and ritual, or, it, catch this part, the third, the third definition under the noun, it says this, extravagant respect or admiration for, or devotion to an object of esteem. To show devotion or admiration to something. And guys, listen, as believers, as Christians, as human beings, we are created... To worship. That's why it comes naturally to us. I mean, obviously, worshiping God is ideal, but most of us probably don't start there. Some of us worship money. Some of us worship status. Some of us worship um, other things in our lives, maybe your sports, maybe your friendships. Like that becomes the top thing that, and the thing that you strive for in everything that you do. We as Christians, we're called to honor and show reverence for God. Does that sound familiar? Just a couple of weeks ago, as we were talking about the fear of the Lord, to show honor and respect and reverence for, appreciate who He is. Worship, guys, is so much more than just a few minutes of songs before a message, it's more than music, it's a lifestyle. Worship is more than music, it's it's a lifestyle, it's a way of being, it's a way that you filter your life, it's everything you do should be focused, should be run through that filter of worshiping the one who created everything you see. And in tonight's scripture that we're going to read in Psalm uh, 40, we see David, This, this psalm was written as a song of praise and worship. So, I need you to understand, like, he wrote this as a song of worship to God. But we learn something here in this passage. We learn that, that there, he uses two things, or he does two things in this passage to worship God. Let's look at those tonight. Psalm chapter 40 says this. We'll start, and you guys already heard the first five verses. It says this I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon the rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips. As you know, O Lord, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken your faithfulness and your salvation and have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. And it goes on, and we, we, just for time's sake, we won't read the rest, but that, that dialogue between David and God continues, and, and David continues to, to pour out to God and say, God, you have done so many great things for me, and I know that you have continued to do these things for me, and I know you will continue to do these things for me, and I trust you in that. But in this passage, we see two acts of worship. There's more, honestly, but if we're going to get, just for today's purposes, there's two that I want to point out. The first act of worship is this. David has an act of recognition. David worships God through recognition. What do I mean by that? Very simply, David, in this passage, is... Recognizing who God is, he has a recognition of who God is, he has a recognition of what God has done in his life, but then also a recognition of what God is capable of. If you look all throughout the passage here, it says all these things, that God hears our cry, Uh, he recognizes God's mercy, he realizes that God is merciful, and he's present, and he hears us. There's a point there where he says that you have given me an open ear, God is hearing us, he hears our cries, he hears our pleas, he hears our prayers. He's not just some distant being sitting on a throne laughing at us trying to figure out life. He's a God who hears. He's a God who understands. He's faithful. He is just. He's merciful. David knows at this point in his life he deserves punishment. He knows that he deserves uh, destruction. He deserves whatever's coming to him, yet God spares him. He's there. David worships through the act of recognition but then the second one and that, that's there is, is so much more important because I feel like this is the the practical aspect for us. this is where it makes sense for us as individuals. in 2020 this one next one obviously we need to recognize who God is but David worships God through the act of proclamation. So not just does he recognize God and who he is and what he's done and what he's capable of, but he proclaims it. He stands on, on the street corners. He, In every interaction that he has, he is telling people about the character of God. He's telling people about what God has done, what God will do, who God is, and what God is capable of. He doesn't stop at recognizing he proclaims it. How does he do that? How do you proclaim, how do you worship God through proclamation? First is this, you point people towards Jesus. Now this, pointing people towards Jesus, is, is, can be a little bit overwhelming when you start to look at all the different ways to do it. For tonight's purposes, I'll keep it real simple for you. All right. in pro- to proclaim Jesus and you point people to Jesus, you can do it in a couple different ways. David here represents a few of those ways. First, through songs of praise. I was watching uh, Instagram, uh, scrolling through Instagram, and I came across an Instagram live by a Christian worship artist. Um, and she was doing this like casual Instagram live in her living room. And she's like kneeling on the ground in the living room. You could tell she had her phone like propped up against her couch or her TV stand or something because it's on like ground level. And for 20 minutes yesterday, in the midst of the chaos of the election, in the midst of everything that was going on worldwide, in the midst of this pandemic, she felt her voice could best be used in that moment to proclaim Jesus Christ. And for 20 minutes, she sat there on the floor of her living room and led worship over Instagram Live. Through prayer and through song. David here in, in, in verse number three says this. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. As we're singing the song that God has placed on our heart, as we're, as we're proclaiming God to the world, whether it be through a song or just through spoken word, the people will hear. And as a matter of fact, it says, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. When was the last time you just let go and sang out and proclaimed God's goodness in your life. I mean, we could start right here. Like when we finish in a few minutes and we, and we have a closing song of, of praise and worship, like are you going to hide behind your mask and not sing? Or are you going to proclaim who Jesus is? When you go to school... I don't expect you to like walk down the hallways of Haggerty or or Oviedo uh, and, and like just like sing praise and worship songs at the top of your lungs. I mean, if that's your style, go for it. I fully support you. But probably not the best approach. But are the words that come out of your mouth are they pointing people towards Jesus? Are they proclaiming the goodness of God? Are they they proclaiming and pointing people towards the, the faithfulness of God, the presence of God, the mercifulness of God? We point people towards Jesus through songs of praise, but then also this way, by living a life that points towards God. It's one thing to say things, it's one thing to sing things, it's one thing to say words, it's another thing to live it out. Guys, I've been a youth pastor long enough. I know that every conversation I have with most individuals that are high schoolers or middle schoolers is going to be run through the I'm talking to my pastor filter. Like I know that. I know that you talk to your friends at school differently than you talk to me. Like, you can throw your shocked face up behind your mask if you want. But I'm not shocked. (laughs) I've been doing this long enough to know. But are you living a life that worships God? Are you living a life that points people towards God through sacrifice? Are you willing to give stuff up for others? Are you willing to give stuff up for God? My kids, I love them to death. They're middle school and an elementary school. And they know. In our house, we have certain standards. Like, if you want to do an activity, great. We're going to fully support you. You want to play a sport? Great. My son is an athlete. He he's played football the past few years. He's been a wrestler since he was six years old. Like he is in it. Like we get it. I, my wife and I were both Division One athletes. Like we understand the commitment that that takes for athletics. But we draw a line in the sand if it's going to take you out of church. If you're missing church on Sunday morning, guess what? You're not doing that sport. Now, we're not dogmatic about it. It's not like every Sunday, like, like, yeah, if there's a tournament that goes over a weekend once in a while, that's fine. Like, we're not going to, like, you know, tar and feather you over that. But are you willing to sacrifice for God? Are you willing to give God all that he asks for? In verse number six, it talks a little bit about this. It says, in sacrifice and offering, you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you have not required. But then catch this part. It says this, then I said, behold, I have come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will. Oh my God, your law is within my heart. God's not requiring us to be all in, but we should want to be all in. God's not, when I say all in, I mean like sacrificing every little thing. I mean, I feel like we should be all in in our faith and in our trust in Jesus and in the way that we love him. But are you willing to give stuff up for him? Are you willing to sacrifice? Because, guys, listen, that's a life that points people towards Jesus when they see that you're willing to give stuff up for him. Live a life of sacrifice. Give God all that he asks for. And then the second way that you live a life that points people towards God is simply through your testimony. And when I say your testimony, I don't mean like you standing in front of a room and telling people your salvation story, although that is a part of your testimony, and that's a way to share your testimony in churchy world, but just sharing what God is doing in your life. Sharing what God has taught you celebrating what God has done for you. Verse number five, the second half, it says, I will proclaim and tell them, yet there are more than can be told. And it's talking about the wondrous deeds that that, uh, God has done in David's life. In verse number 10, it says this, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and of your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. He is sharing his experiences with the people around him. The people he is doing life with, the people in his community know who God is and who God is in his life specifically and the role that God is playing there. So it's not just through sacrifice that you live a life that points people towards God, but it's through your testimony. And here's the thing, guys. Here's my challenge to every single one of us, and I'm preaching to myself just as much as I am to you. Do the people in your life see a lifestyle of worship day in and day out from you? Are you pointing people towards Jesus with the things you do at school, with the things you do on your teams, or in your drama department, or in your neighborhood? Are you pointing people towards Jesus? That's what it means to worship God. You recognize who he is, right? You have that recognition moment, and you realize who he is, what he's done, what he's capable of, what his power is. You have that fear of him that we talked about last week. But then because of that recognition, you're willing to proclaim it. Sometimes through personal one-on-one conversations, sometimes through just the way that you live your life. Are you willing to sacrifice for him? Are you willing to to share what he's doing in your life? Are you willing to do those things? Are you willing to to step up to the plate and decide, hey, I'm going to live a little different? Because he's worthy of it all. The whole reason we worship him is because he's worthy of it. If there's anything in the world that's worthy of our worship, it is God Almighty. He spoke you into existence. He spoke everything we see into existence. Are you willing to worship him? Are you willing to step up to the plate? Because here's the thing, guys, in 1 Corinthians ten thirty-one, and I'll finish with this, it says this, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. You've probably heard that verse before, in some way, shape, or form, but here's the concept behind it. No matter what you are doing, do it for the glory of God. Worship Him in that. You're a football player, worship him in the way that you play football. You're a basketball player, do it, worship him in the way that you play basketball. If you're in drama, like worship him in the way that you perform. You're in band, worship him in the way that you perform your instrument and you play your instrument. If you're in choir, worship him with your voice. If you're an academic, worship him in your study, in your your preparation. Represent him well in all that you do because he's worthy of it. When you bear the name Christian, you're held to a higher standard, and let's worship him in that way. Let's have that lifestyle of worship. Let's have that that lifestyle of pointing people towards Christ in the way that we celebrate him. We recognize who he is, and we proclaim his name. Let's do that together. As the band steps up into place, and as we get ready to finish with a time of worship, I want to challenge each and every one of us to change the way that we see worship. Change the way that we we see this time of music as, so often we see it as just a transitional piece or a cool song, but see it as an opportunity for you to recognize and proclaim God. Celebrate what he's done, who he is, and what he's capable of. Each and every one of us is going through some junk, right? Anybody, life perfect and like nothing, like everything's like peachy keen, like, yeah, I didn't think so. We all have stuff we're going through. There's no better place to put it, put those things, that struggle, those, those issues, than at the feet of Jesus during a time of worship. He's capable of it. Whatever you're going through, he's capable of pulling you through. Whatever you're going through, he is capable of handling. He's already got it figured out. He's that good. Let's worship him because of that, in expectation of what he's going to do and what he is capable of. So as we stand, I'm going to pray for us and then we'll worship together. Let's stand to our feet real fast. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to worship. And when I say worship, I don't mean the act of singing, although that's part of it. I mean, we worship God with our hearts right now in this moment. We recognize who he is, and we proclaim it. We just happen to use music in this moment to do so. have a moment of worship together let's pray father we thank you for your word thank you for david's declaration here in psalm 40 lord i pray that you would use us tonight lord use this moment to touch our hearts help us to recognize who you are recognize what you've done and what you're doing and what you are capable of doing Lord, help us to proclaim it right now in this moment through song. Proclaim and sacrifice our own desires, our own wants for you. Help us to be willing to tell people about what you're doing in our lives. Help us to worship you through that. Help us to draw people towards you in the way that we worship, in the way that we live our lives. God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.